Amen. What a touch of the Lord and a touch of God here with us today. God's a faithful God. Amen. He's so faithful. Sometimes he shows up when we don't deserve it. Thank God for that. <laughs> I just speak for myself then. Praise God. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. He's a good God. Hallelujah. He's a good God. Praise the Lamb. And uh, I'm telling you, we're a blessed people. I have the revelation and the favor of God up on our hearts, our lives. Welcome to all of our guests. Each one that's here this morning to worship the Lord and to magnify His name. We're on a journey to be saved, aren't we? We're on a journey to be pleasing unto our Maker, unto our Lord. Hallelujah. There's none beside or lacking unto Him. He knows all things from the beginning to the end. He knows all of our days. He knows how to instruct us. And as our lessons, it's about counsel. Amen. He is the counselor. That's what Isaiah 9 chapter calls him the counselor. Amen. He's not only the only almighty God and the everlasting father and prince of peace. He's a counselor. Greatest counselor you can ever have. Amen. He's such a great counselor. He, he, was, he wrote it down. He wasn't afraid to write it down. This will work. He didn't have to. He don't, he don't second guess it. You don't have to worry about second guessing it either. You just, you just put to, take the counsel of this word and put it to practice. It'll see you through. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm afraid there's no counselors that we can go to. And I'm not against that. Don't take me wrong there. Praise God. Now, I'm not, I'm not for palm readers. Shrink heads. These crazy numbers. I'm not a big guy on a lot of these medications. I'm not saying not to use any. I'm just saying I'd be very careful. Side effects are sometimes long enough to turn you away from it. I believe I take my chances with what I got. They don't have they don't have any other side effects. That's the only one thing, man. If I take this, I got six more. I got one devil here. This is six more. He got his brothers and sisters and all the giants with him. But anyway, praise God. Just kind of get an idea how I look at some of that. Anyway, uh, you take it what it's worth. <laughs> praise God. But uh, God's a good God, and you know what? He cares more about us than we care about ourselves. He's more lenient and long-suffering and gentle and kind. Hallelujah. He really is. Amen. His long-suffering, his goodness and long-suffering sometimes where we, we want to do things. I don't know the fullness of the story, but can I give you just a little example? Please, nobody take this wrong, but I just want to give you a little example. Amen. How many of you noticed a car sitting out here? Been sitting out here for two weeks. I really don't know the fullness of the story. Some, you know, said, well, why don't you call, get it, you know, pounded, get it. I said, no, I'm not doing that. I said, I really don't know why it's out there. I said, who knows? They could be in trouble. They, they in financial trouble. And, you know, that won't be Christian-like to, you know, get that car and pound it and add another expense on them. Now, if it was leaking all everywhere and creating some big problems and, you know, part right in the middle of the drive and something would be different. But uh, anyway, they come and got it yesterday and... Brother Andrew's not here today, but he called, texts me, and then he texts said, hey, I'll tell you all about it tomorrow, but I guess it'll be tonight. <laughs> Praise God. So apparently he talked to the young couple, and apparently there's pretty good reason, and thank God, amen, that we didn't take those actions because, amen, I, I don't want them to go telling everybody in Jackson County, don't park nowhere around that first Jesus name church up there, man, they'll get your car impounded. <laughs> Praise God. And... Uh, so anyway, just a little example, you know, listen to God, pay attention. And most of the time, God's going to instruct us to do things that we really, we'd, rather, we'd rather do it a different way. Because God's ways is far above us, the heavens above the earth. And most of the time, when God instructs us to do something, it's going to cost us something. Praise God. It's going to cost us. Amen. Praise God. So, walking in righteousness God's righteousness man how many want to walk in the righteousness of God his that's this that's the breastplate amen God's righteousness we take on his righteousness it's not our righteousness that's the first miracle ever took place the apostle Peter makes that plain to us it's not by our our might or power or holiness that this man stands whole before you but his faith and faith alone in the name of Jesus praise God but but you and I must have righteousness we must 
We must live a godly life. I, I told somebody yesterday, amen, as we was discussing things and um, uh, thank God for his grace and mercy. And we was talking about that. And, and I, I simply just wanted to tell him, I said, yeah, and said the majority of the world has abused the grace of God. They used it for license to sin. Amen. And to carry on in that lifestyle and feel like the grace of God is going to save them. But the Bible says, you know, if the godly scarcely be saved, where is the ungodly? And the sinner going to appear. Amen. So there is that mandate of God's righteousness that's on us but also flows through us. Amen. Amen. That people can see and tell there is a difference. Amen. There is an abiding power and a reason of hope and joy. Amen. And life and godliness. Amen. That flows out of us. And so how are we going to attain that? And so we, we're going to be studying for the next four Sunday mornings as the Lord tarries and allows us on some chapters out of Psalms. And so the first one's going to be in Psalms 1 today. Amen. What a beautiful chapter. Amen. Psalms 1 and 1 through 8. It's a, it's a powerful chapter. It's a good way to start. And we know that Psalms, is, amen, is written. Actually, it's lyrics or words. And then they're, they're applied with stringed instruments and musical things and made songs out of them. And they, they used them, especially in the Old Testament. Many of them was used many a times when they approached God, approached the temple. As they even on the three feasts and things of that nature, they would sing them all the way there. Amen. As part of a preparation of their own minds and hearts. Some of these songs were sung as prayers. Sometimes they would be sung in manners and situations that whenever they was in the valley and, and, tr and troubled and things of that nature, these songs would help lift them up. I'm sure all of us has got certain songs where we're in certain battles and struggles. So we plug that CD in. We want to listen to that song and we hit, we, we hit that repeat, repeat button. Amen. We want to hear that song. We don't want to hear the whole CD. We want to hear that particular song. Amen. There's people that buys a CD to get one song. They had a way they'd erase the other nine or whatever, how many is on it, and amen, and just leave the one. <laughs> Praise God. They don't care much about the rest of them. Just give me this one. This is the one that affects me. This is the one that lifts me up. This is the one that gives me direction. Amen. And so we, we get an understanding of the power, amen, of the book of Psalms, 150, amen, that's written in, in, in these Psalms, amen. The, the shortest chapter, amen, the longest chapter. You find it here. It's actually the center of the book, amen. I forgot exactly what chapter. I believe it's 117. It's the center of the Bible. So Psalms, you find it placed, and, and, and even in the book itself, and God, and the, the effect, and the power of it. And so it helps us. And, and so with songs and with words, we are counseled, amen. We're given direction, and we're living in a world today that there's all types of voices. I'm telling you, every flavor, you know, I like Neapolitan ice cream. I like all three. If I go buy it, that's what I'm going to buy. Uh, my wife and I went off this week, and, you know, one of the first things we've done, praise God, we went and bought a box of ice cream. I told her, hey, you know, we, she tried to get me to get a big gallon. I said, I ain't got but four days to eat that now. <laughs> praise God. So I got a smaller one. Amen. I didn't eat it all, but we didn't waste it. We packed it around ice and brought it home. Amen. We're going to bring it home one way or the other. <laughs> Praise God. That's the way we need to do with good things. Amen. That's the way the house of God. I want to pack it up. Amen. If I can't get it in here, God, I want to put it in my pockets. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's like putting beef jerky or something in your pocket and putting that old dry biscuit. Hallelujah. You know, sometimes, you know, that old dry biscuit may not, may not sound too good at the moment at the house, but you get off in them woods and about 12, 1 o'clock all of a sudden, man, that old dry biscuit, man, that thing's tasting pretty good. <laughs> Woo, I didn't realize that, man, I sardines. You, you don't like sardines, but I can take you hunting for about two or three days and you'll open, I open that can up. Where's the crackers at? <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. It's just amazing how different it is out in the wilderness. Amen. How things taste. How hungry you become. Whoop! I'm talking to us already this morning. And so it's in the wilderness. It's in the desert times that you, you see a lot of time that these psalms was authored and, and pen words and pens and song. Amen. And it was times, amen, in them wilderness they begin to sing about this God. They begin to lift up their voices and play unto this almighty God out in the desert and out in the wilderness. A place they made that the devil tried to persuade them to do it all by yourself. But all all of a sudden, they begin to sing about this God. Guess who's going to show up? Hallelujah. Guess who's going to reveal himself and manifest himself? Hallelujah. When he shows up, the loneliness has to flee. Hallelujah. The despair has to flee. Amen. The darkness. Hallelujah. The wilderness uh, uh, experience or uh, the atmosphere of the effect of it loses its effect all of a sudden. Why? Because hey, I'm singing a song that'll lift me up. And so, 
as, as you watch this, it, it really begins to unfold the lessons. Big idea, I will walk in what? In righteousness. In righteousness. I'll walk in righteousness. Man, that's our heartbeat. That's our desire. Uh, that's probably the biggest struggle all of us have as individuals is keeping this vessel. We've all, we've all confessed it at one time or another. Our biggest enemy is the guy I look at in that mirror. <laughs> Amen. And I don't have somebody standing behind me either. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. I'm the one in the mirror. And, uh, but, uh, so, praise God. And, you know, saying that, you know, we have to be careful. Uh, Paul taught us, he said, hey, don't think more highly of yourself than what you are to. Uh, I found out even this week, we, we, done a, we spent a lot of time uh, reading and studying and just in the Bible and listening to things. Uh, so we, we just, we actually had a lot of church <laughs> all week. Amen. You know, you get there and God sent cold weather so people couldn't get out on the beach. Hallelujah. That's amazing what God does for you. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> hey, to my surprise, I, I'm kidding you. We got you about 4 o'clock Tuesday morning. And, so anyway, we had to get up early. They they going to do some work in the room and on the place. But anyway, let me just say this. That was their best day. From that day, it decreased. Until when we left there yesterday, no Friday, they wasn't anybody on the beach. I'm talking about at 1 or 2 o'clock. Because the weather was so cold and the waves were about this high. I looked out there and I said, man, I feel sorry for all these folks that come. But Oh, well, bless their hearts. Hallelujah. But nah, I'm just going on. Praise God. But anyway, we had a good time. We enjoyed ourselves. And uh, man, what we did, we spent a lot of time just reading, getting ready, studying the lessons and ready for tonight. And, and uh, we want God to bless. We want the blessing, the favor of God. We want the anointing of God uh, to know if God's with us. And uh, you know what? It doesn't matter how big the crowd is. You watch this. If The Bible says we're two or three gathered together. But you know what? It doesn't matter if we had 3,000 here this morning. We'd still want the presence of God, wouldn't we? We'd want the anointing of the Lord. We want His hand and favor to be upon us. And so, let's don't let numbers affect us in the wrong way. Both to the negative or to the positive. <laughs> we, it, regardless if two or three gather together, He's promised to be with us. But if He pulls and gathers together two or three thousand, let's don't let that bother us either. Let's don't let that cause us to back down on God and be a little hesitant about creating an atmosphere and setting up a praise amen that he can manifest himself in and minister because he wants to minister to the three thousand as well as to the two or three but he also wants to minister to the two and three amen as well as the two or three four or five thousand praise god and so we want to walk in his righteousness want to accomplish and fulfill what he's placed upon us and and I'll go to Psalms 21, just give me a few minutes and we'll go there. Amen, that whole chapter won't take but just a little bit to do that this morning. And, um, but we're really going to focus on the first verse. Praise God, it's a good thing I changed my watch. Praise God, we'd be here for a while. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. So, but anyway. All right, as we watch this, the importance of counseling. Uh, the writer, and I won't go through the lesson connection. If you hadn't read it, go back and read it. Go back and read that lesson connection. He kind of played out his own way of telling the story of individuals and the playing in the time of Absalom, David's life. As Absalom, a man is going to overcome David, treason, you might say, and to take the kingship from him. And there was two individuals, a man, uh, that was going to play a part of that. Athophel, a man, and Hushai, a man. These two, Hushai was a friend to David. He actually wanted to go with David. And then David persuaded him to go back and to use him, I guess you could say, as a spy, a man, to help counsel there. If you read that whole scenario of that situation in the Bible, you're going to read where David, even prior to that, prayed. He prayed and asked God, a man, to not let the counsel, a man, of Athophel, a man, to be effective because he had done proven himself to be very effective with his counsel. So his ability to counsel and give instructions and guidance. That lets me know that you can have individuals that don't have per se uh, the favor or the blessings of God in a sense of giving direction. And here, here's, here's where you and I have got to be careful. Amen. And, and receiving counsel. And uh, when you... Um, 
I don't know how to present all this because it's coming and we're addressing these things and uh, the apostolic movement's uh, is, is facing some things and we're going to have to make some decisions of direction of, of, of what we allow and where we, what we give ourselves to. Uh, 50, 60 years ago, you would have heard uh, the man stand in the pulpit and he'd have told you don't get no counsel outside the church. Okay. But today we're listening and because we got some apostolics that went to school and got educations and abilities, amen, in these same areas of professionalism, amen, now they're changing and saying, well, there's, there's some I would recommend because here's the reason. Just hear me out a little bit. Uh, all pastors is not the same. Everybody's not a brother Floyd Odom, but watch this. Bishop Odom would even tell you there are some certain areas and, and places. And Now, uh, boy, I'm fixing I man. Uh, I'm just going to put it out there. Uh, sometimes we as saints of God to think that, you know, the man of God, he's an expert in finances. He's an expert in the law. He's an expert in spiritual counsel. He's an expert. Every walk of our lives. Okay. Uh, I believe the pastor can't pray and he can get the will of God. And a lot of times it's short and blunt and planked. And there it is. And sometimes it don't go too well. Sometimes we don't, we don't, we don't like that too much. Okay. All right. Uh, sometimes God's, it's not God's will to heal you. I can't explain that. Sometimes it's not God's things. Sometimes it is. And, but anyway, so but, but we're living in a different hour, different times. And, and I don't, I'm not trying to change none of that. I'm just telling you what we're facing. I'm just telling you the hour that we're in. We're raising young people. We're encouraging them to get education. We're encouraging them to get diplomas and degrees and own businesses and become millionaires. We are. Uh, I think we need to be careful with some of that. Everybody can't, uh, uh, everybody. And this is, where, this is where I, as just a rural pastor, amen, and understand that everybody can't go to big cities. There's not enough big cities. And then you got the rural people. What about them? And my concern is, because that's my heartbeat. I'm, I'm not wanting a city. They can have the cities. I don't even want Loosedale. Let's must some of these other cities they're talking about. It's got 500,000, 2 or 3 million people in it. You go fight that bunch of devils. I don't want to. <laughs> Praise God. I'm content right here, man. Hallelujah. Just put me back here on these old country roads and country folks. And, you know, if we, we wind up with 100, and, and I, I, if, I can get, uh, if I can get 100 of them in heaven, <laughs> you thought I was going to say something different. <laughs> Praise God. But no, you know, thank God. I hopefully, prayerfully, that we've been successful with the work of God. But when you talk about counseling, this is part of it. This is uh, the area of it. Amen. Because uh, being in a rural area does not exempt us. You, at one time, 50, 60 years ago, the country didn't deal with certain things in life and circumstances quite as much as in cities. Amen. And, and let's just face that. Uh, spirits and things of this nature, chemical problems and, and all this other. I do believe, amen, this is where we need to pray and make sure that we can hear the voice of God and the mind of God. I believe God can heal anything. I believe God can deliver us in anything. But I also believe that God will help us use tools. Uh, watch this. Uh, uh, is money sinful or what does the Bible talk about? It said the love of money. It's the love of money. Now, if you desire money more than you want to walk in the will of God and the call of God and the election of God, whatever that might be. And I know the first thing that most people think about standing behind the pulpit being a preacher. But there's so many other uh, faucets, only other areas, amen, to being called to make up the body. That's what Paul has taught us about. You know, everybody couldn't be a hand. Everybody can't be an ear. Everybody can't be a nose. Everybody can't be a foot. But to, to be a body, we've got to find our place in that body and be content. And you're going to find, even in this lesson, there's one place it mentions, amen, in the lesson talking about being content, content, what? in the place that I'm at and the work that I'm doing. Amen. And, and so what we have to be careful. Boy, I'm shooting it out there, ain't I? <laughs> Hallelujah. I've been bottled up all week. I'm ready to go. But anyway, uh, you've got to watch all this. You've got to, you've got to be careful. Paul said, don't judge yourselves among yourselves. Amen. And I believe that works both ways. I mean, if you've got the talents and skill and the call to really to pastor and uh, uh, build a church and go into a big city and God's gifted you to do that and you stay back and because there's not much work to it and you're just lazy and you just pick your little old church and just, just enough to get by and you're content and you don't have to work about three or four hours out of the day to feed them. <laughs> Praise God. How many chickens you got? About 30,000. I'd love to pull us back about 50 years and go up to one of them farmers. Now I know what it is. My, my grandmother, I know what it is to have a chicken house. Believe it or not. My grandmother had a chicken house. Not a chicken pen. Not a chicken yard. A chicken house. House that was boarded. This side, this side, or the back side, we had a stall. But here, and this house was half as big as this, this auditorium, believe it or not, her chicken house. 
and she had wire fence up and, and all this and a water trough. I remember a big old white watering trough and we could water them. She had it was a chicken house. So chicken houses, you know, praise God, they're not the starting of chicken houses. Now, this generation might think that, but that's not true. But there was no way you could have put, you know, 30,000 chickens. You know, I, I just imagine if I went to my grandmother and said, Grandma, guess what? I got you 30,000 biddies ordered to come put in your chicken house. <laughs> you got to be kidding. What about but, but because of technology and things of that nature, amen, a lot of things is done supposedly automatically. <laughs> I'm sure that automatic stuff, no, it's not always automatic. Amen. Somebody's got to tend to it. Somebody's got to watch it and be so technical. Amen. That he's set up to his phone. If certain things happen, his phone starts going off. And if he doesn't respond, well, I'm telling you business ain't it. But I'm just telling you how it works. Hallelujah. And you know what? If this and don't respond quick enough, you've got somebody else in line. Who's next in line? Oh, part of the marriage crew. Hallelujah. Suitable helpmate. Hallelujah. And so somebody else's phone starts going off. All right, if you don't respond, I'm sure there's somebody else in line. Who else is in line? Brother Brennan's in line. And it's just going to go to Sister Mel. And then it's going to go to Brother Brennan. <laughs> then it's going to go. Oh, Sister Mel saying, no. Hallelujah. She's staying away from the chicken house. Hallelujah. Is that the will of God, sister? Mm. <laughs> Oh, praise God. Now you see what I'm talking about? Somebody's got to say, no, I'm not going to be the chicken house. Hallelujah. I'm going to tend to the cows. Hallelujah. See what I'm talking about? So everybody can't fulfill these, uh, these places. And everybody can't go to college and be educated. And everybody can't, amen, get a hold of these high dollar jobs. Somebody's got to be willing to say, you know what? I'll be content, amen, to be a welder, a fitter. And we look down upon that sometime. I heard a statement about the shipyard one time. I'm going to tell you what, it blowed my hair. Good thing I had the Holy Ghost. I'll be honest with you. I've preached about it later. <laughs> right here. Y'all remember? What I say about the shipyard? What are they building? Battleships. Who do we put on them battleships? Our 18, 19, 20, 21 year old kids. You don't think their jobs is important? Right, you better look at it again, sweetheart. Your baby can wind up on one of them battleships. And their skills and talent and ability, amen, can make the difference if they're going to make it or not. So don't look down on the shipyard like it's some second class or third class lifestyle. I'm going to calm down. But I'll tell you, that stuff boils me now. Everybody can't be a lawyer. Everybody can't be a doctor. I thank God for them. I, think, I believe they're gifted and talented to accomplish those things. And especially when they recognize it, where it comes from. Now I'm going right back. Let's go back to counseling now. This is the greatest counselor we got right here. Okay, He is the counselor. God, he says it. Isaiah said it in the book. I'm the counselor. And so when we have a problem, one of the first places you and I need to go to is right here. Because you got to hear me. For you and I to walk in righteousness, we got to have a counselor. You can't do it on your own. Not by your own conscience, not by your own preconceived ideas. Not by your own powers of reasoning. Scripture talks about that. Straight Paul Warren just said, don't think more highly of yourself than what you ought to. Don't think you'll know it all. That's like some preachers, you know, unless they're blowing the smoke, they don't think smoke can go. <laughs> I ain't talking about from a cigarette either. <laughs> Praise God. That's what... What does Paul go on to talk about? Even with himself and Apollos. He said, we received. He said, I, I, didn't, I didn't get this. I didn't make this. God, it was revelation. God blessed me to do what? To give it. So I don't need to act like a lord over God's heritage. I don't need to act like I'm a know-it-all. Neither should I, amen, be pressured to be one. My pastor don't have a clue. He don't know what he's. Well, I'm stirring up some stuff, ain't I? <laughs> Woo, praise God. But, but, and, and, and I push, I push education, get it. Unless God says no. God says no, you better, you better, you better find whatever that is. Because it's not worth the money. It's not worth the position. It's not worth that. So again, we're right back to what? To walk in righteousness. Man, I got to have a counselor. I got to have the voice of God 
in my life, to find my place at the moment, the season, and the time of my life to walk in that righteousness. I believe there's seasons. Amen. I, I really believe. I believe as 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 much. Okay, watch it. Is there seasons in the physical? <laughs> how many needs you know at your early hour? How many of you remember saying stuff like this? Man, I used to be able to do that. Man, I could stay up to twelve o'clock, rip and run, and get up at three or four o'clock, and get up and get after it again. But when you start hitting certain ages, and I won't name those ages, <laughs> I'll leave that part along. <laughs> All of a sudden, you know, you go to bed with chickens and you don't get up with them. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. And it's their seasons. Guess what? That's also in the spiritual realm. It's also in the spiritual realm. That's, that's what God's all about. That's, that's what he's doing. Amen. Babes, babes. That's our, our purpose. You know, they come. You know, they, we, we don't birth children and, and, and take them. You know, we don't take them down to, <laughs> to one of your steakhouses or somewhere. And, you know, roll up in there. Because I said, come on, man. We're going to eat us a steak. He's three days old. <laughs> no. But there will be a day and there will be a time. Amen. Where you'll go in and he'll eat what you're eating. And as the season carries on. <laughs> he may have to grind up what you're going to eat. <laughs> Woo! Praise God. Boy, life's got a lot of golden years. Amen. I tell you, we got a lot of guys to look forward to. If people don't want to be a Christian, what's the matter with you? Man, I tell you what, I, I guess that's a lot of that's a better things looking forward to than beyond them golden years. I'm looking for golden years, but they're not in this earth. <laughs> I'm looking for some golden years with a glorified body. Hallelujah, walking on golden streets. That's what I call golden years. <laughs> Amen. So, we have to be counseled different in all those points and times in our lives. Hallelujah, to uh, accomplish things or achieve things. And, uh, you know, God sometimes in his counsel, man, I'm, I'm just, well, anyway, here we go. So the first thing in, in the council is you look back to this blessed, blessed. So David prayed that he would not, that God, God would step in. If you go back and read, and I'm not going to take the time to do that. To, I'd like to, but I won't. In 2 Samuel 16, 20, 23, watch this. God blessed the council. Amen. And allowed something to fulfill. Why? Because back with Nathan, Nathan told David that this was going to happen. That this was going to transpire because of his action with Bathsheba. And so it happened. It took place. If you go back and read that. But the very next chapter picks up. And again, amen, he begins to give counsel and give direction. Amen. To what, what he ought to do. What Absalom ought to do now to take over David. He says, hey, now's the time, man. You get you about 12,000 men. You gird up and you go after them. Say, you got them now. You, you got the points and we'll go out there and we won't kill nobody but David. Now listen to some of this counsel. You'd be surprised how much counsel out of this Bible is brought into the politician world and other areas because it was about the people. We want to please the people. We've got to have the backing of the people. And so he tells him, gives him instruction to do that. And thank God for the, the, the friend, amen, that stepped in, uh, amen, that helps him out in this point in time of their life, amen, to give them the difference. You say, amen, steps in as David's friend. And he gives the counsel, oh, no, that wouldn't be a good time. He said, buddy, David's reared up. He's hot, man. He's raging. He, he's, he's, like the, he's like that old mama bear that's just lost her cubs. Said, you go to food with them now. said, man, you'll kill everybody. You'll have to wipe everybody out. And you, and so he gives this in counsel to him, amen. And so, you know what? He takes his counsel. And he proposed to do that. So we can watch how this works. So it's so important. You know what? Again, this is a good testimony of why you and I need the Holy Ghost. Did you know the New Testament said the Holy Ghost will do what? Lead and guide us into all truth. Could it be even among the Pentecostals and the Apostolics a reason there's so many, or oh, we have reached a place there seems to be so many avenues. Somebody's not listened to the same counselor. <laughs> because God is not the author of confusion. And I'm not trying to pre preach any kind of holiness, standardship or nothing. 
we just want to walk with God in his righteousness and the place that would please him. I believe we need to do that on a personal basis and then as a whole. Okay? Because there may be some things that God may tell you, don't do that. At least not now. There's a time down the road, but not now. There's an hour, but not now. Being able to hear that kind type of instructions. And so as we get into it, the first thing that you're going to go to in Psalms 1, blessed, blessed, happy, joyful. Man, that blessed, that's, that's really the term. That's, that's what it's meaning. I think the writer talks about to be blessed indeed in the Hebrew term actually being, being the object of God's affection and attention. How about that? Don't you like to be the, uh, the affection and attention of at least certain people? Huh. Praise God. I can, I can name a few rich folks, and wouldn't you like to be their affection and attention, especially in the wheel? <laughs> Praise God, and at least in certain areas of their lives. Sure, in that perspective, you know, yes. Uh, why? Because of the benefits of that. And so, but here, bless, that's what it's meant in the Hebrew, is have the affections and the attention of God. God, the Word of God taught us, His eye is upon us at all times. And that's not, we have a tendency sometimes to think of the evil and the, the failures and the shortcomings. Amen. Sure enough, He sees all that. But that's not the real purpose, amen. That's not what, the, what he's talking about so much there. As that, uh, what's this? How many of you consider good parents that keeps what on their children? That keeps a close eye on the children. Do you keep a close eye on them because you, you know good and well they fix and tear up something? Or do you really keep a close eye on them because you don't want them to hurt themselves? And get caught up in something, amen. It's, it's that other part's a part of it. But the real part of it is, I don't want them to hurt themselves. Because see, see, they're, they, they're young and they're daredevils. And they don't fear some things. And they'll climb on things they ought not climb on. <laughs> they'll pick up stuff and throw stuff. And put things in the fire and put things in the garbage that was precious and dear. <laughs> so we have to keep a close eye. God keeps a close eye to want to counsel us. How many of you remember the message I preached here? It's been several long time ago. talking about the dancers. And how that, that, that um, I forgot what country it is, but it's a big deal to, for dancing. And, and I'm talking about it's, it's kind of like, I guess I could like it to the football and baseball of our, our nation. Amen. They start them out, you know, and they start their little daughters out. That, that dad does and gets them up as soon. Some of them, before they can walk, they put them on their feet and start training them. And the moves and to dance and uh, there's, there's great scholarships and great opportunities, amen, to, if they achieve and accomplish these things. And, and so, but watch this, the whole, the whole point of that, that story was, um, amen, they finally reach a place that he doesn't guide her with his feet or with his hands. But the Bible says with his eyes. Because the judges can tell if he's doing it with his hands. Because she'll be a little hesitant, amen, to respond. But with the eyes that can dart so... God's eye to give us counsel in what? In the pathway of his righteousness. Not man's righteousness, not our own reasoning, our, our, our own opinions of righteousness and justification. Read the book of Judges. Man done what was right in his own sight. Uh, can I, I actually a month or so ago I was praying and I felt that same, that we're slipping back into that same area. We're people that's doing what's right in their own sight. Just setting the book aside. Or, or pulling out what scriptures they want and what backs them and, and shoving the rest aside. We can't do that. Though. we got to have the whole book, amen, to counsel and direct us, amen, in this, in this pathway of righteousness. So blessed. I could spend a lot of time on blessed here this morning, but I, but I won't do that because time is slipping away from us. Deuteronomy, if you, if you haven't done it, I actually preached this message, this chapter one time, blessed. Deuteronomy 28, to just give you an idea of blessed. To be blessed of God, amen. And that's what Moses writing unto the Israelite people before they went into the promised land. This chapter, amen, deals not only with the blessings, but the curse, amen, 
and, and through this obedience and then responding and keeping God and his commandments and walking after his statues. Amen. The, the promises and the covenant that was given to them. Amen. That they would be blessed. And just listen to a few verses of this. And all these blessings shall come upon thee and overtake thee. How many wants the blessings of God to overtake you? Just swallow you up. Just overwhelm you. Sure, we all want the blessings of God. Amen. If thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. If we'll hearken. If we'll tune our ears. Uh, revelation. You see here, we're going to have it. Amen. In the beginning in the Old Testament. But even it winds up in the Revelation. Hallelujah. He that's got an ear to hear. Amen. What the Spirit has to say. Amen. we got to have an ear to hear what the Holy Ghost. To walk in the counseling and the pathway of righteousness. we got to hear the voice of God. We got to cure it in our own personal lives. Amen. To be pleasing unto Him and to fulfill, amen, the call of our personal call, that personal Savior, that personal relationship. Hallelujah. We got to have it. Hallelujah. In, in, in us. And, and I'm going to tell you something. I believe it's an area that needs to be worked back on again. Hallelujah. To have that personal walk and personal relationship with God Himself. Amen. To speak to us and move upon us and guide us along this journey. Blessed shall thou be in the city. Blessed shall thou be in the field it doesn't matter wherever he leads you into the city or the field amen I, I talked about that a little bit already amen we want to be out of the favor or the blessings of God wherever the work of God that God's put us into whatever realm and the place of the kingdom amen if it's, if, if it's in the work amen of a church that runs 50 or if it's in a church that runs 50,000 amen we want to be where God wants us to be and accomplish and achieve amen that's, that's how they hear that counseling and walk in his right and find these favors and blessings hallelujah being poured out upon us and overtaking us as God anoints us and bless us because you always got to remember hallelujah the, 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 the higher you get in leadership the higher you come amen it's kind of like that trophy buck Amen. It's kind of like that big bass. Hallelujah. It's kind of like that individual that's got all these things. Hallelujah. Everybody's wanting her. Everybody's desiring her. Everybody's I'm more accurate here than what you think I am. Hallelujah. That's the reason when you separate and give yourself to the counsel of God and you hear the voice of God, guess what? There's going to be many more voices that's going to attack you. There's going to be many more, amen, demons and demonical forces that's going to try to disguise them. I'm telling you, the devil used the same method he did in, in, in the garden. Hallelujah. He hasn't changed his method because it was so successful and so powerful. Amen. He still deceives, he beguiles, he tricks. And guess who's on top of the list that he wants to trick? You wants to be God. It's those one God people. It's those apostolic people. It's those that has a revelation and have experienced the plan of salvation for themselves. Praise God. I need to turn the air on. I forgot to. I meant to. Somebody know how to do that? I believe uh, pump it to... 70, or did we get too cool in here? I'm sorry, I meant to do that. Y'all not as hot as I am, though. But Praise God, I still don't want you to be. Now we can do something about it, we're going to do something about it. <laughs> okay, sorry. Okay, bless, bless, bless. Uh, Psalms 32, it talks, blessed is he whose transgressions is forgiven. Amen. And whose sins, folks, we're so blessed. Money, gold and silver, couldn't buy this. Talent, skills, abilities couldn't purchase us. We're so blessed. So don't underestimate when the writer starts this out in Psalms about being blessed. How blessed you and I are to have our sins remitted, to have our sins washed away. To start on this, it's, it's straight and narrow. But I'm telling you, it's a beautiful life. It's a powerful life. And not only in this life, but in that one to come. I'm telling you folks, don't listen to that junk out there. That's a lie. Don't listen to that carnality and that flesh and the pleasures. Oh, there's pleasures in sin. But there's all types. Amen. It's only for a season, by the way. And nobody knows how long that season's going to last. And some, some of them out there didn't last very long to enjoy that pleasure for just a season, just a short period of time. Amen. And you know what? I'm, I'm going to say this. A lot of times just, it hinges on the prayers of people hmm. of God's mercy and grace and compassion time and time again and other times maybe not man but God sees God knows the intent of the heart he knows it all amen so so as we watch some of this we're blessed about that amen so 
I know time's going to eat me up here. I'd love to go through a lot more, but but I won't. But so let's let's go to to Psalms one, and, and let's just kind of go through the scripture itself. And blessed is the man that what walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. Boy, that's a strong. That's that's something we ought we ought to just really put into our hearts, our minds, our spirits today. Uh, and this, let me go back to what I started out with, where I could tell. There may be different opinions here, especially from the younger to the older, and the older to the younger. Amen. So if we're going to use a professional help, let's use godly professional help. As God makes it available. There is a difference. Okay. If you had the option to go, well, I better be careful of this. <laughs> but anyway, uh, if you've got apostolic doctors and apostolic nurses and all that, and uh, why do you think the Catholic Church jumped into this? Providence. It's it's a Catholic. It's it, that's where they that's they knew a, a source. They knew a resource. And you know what? Who knows how many they may have persuaded of their belief. At least enough to keep them to come in from truth. And that's all the devil's after. Enough to keep you from missing. Sin, you know what sin really means? Missing the mark. What's the mark? Heaven. Heaven. That's the mark. Because if you gain everything else and lose your soul, what have you gained? But if you lose everything else and gain your soul... So, so what would be more effective and, and where would you go? For instance, if we had a hospital that was full of apostolic, one God-believing doctors and nurses. What if you had a law firm that was full of one God, apostolic, secretaries and lawyers? Where would you spend your money? Why? Okay, so that's the point. Now, is all that going to happen? <laughs> I don't know. God knows. <laughs> I'm going to just preach it and then God, God can resurrect them. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> Woo, praise God. So, so if it's God's will and the God's voice is in your life to attain some of this and reach for some of that to, and be pleasing to God, do it. But if it's not God's will, then find God's will, whatever that might be, and attain that and be that. For what? For God's will. Because that's where you're going to be most affected. That's where you're going to win the most souls. That's where you're going to find salvation for yourself. That's where you're going to find contentment and satisfaction. Because you're never going to find it. And you're never going to find it just being poor. And you're never going to find it being rich. You're not going to find it in those places. There's more people in both of those places. And they're as uncontent today as they ever been. The real only place of contentment, amen, is to walk in the pathway of righteousness. God's righteousness. At whatever else, and wherever else we might be. But please, don't sacrifice your, your, your personal relationship and your walk in the pathway of righteousness to attain, to acquire, to be caught up in. Now, what are you saying? It takes, it takes a lot more effort and energy and discipline to attain some of these things. But don't let it become your God. And to be content and satisfied here because you're just. Now none of the, nobody's here like that, I'm sure. Just because you're lazy and sorry and no good and don't care and just want a free check. A welfare program. I'm, I'm more accurate here than what. But to pursue the pathway of righteousness, that's in all of our ways. Joe put it this way. That was one of the. I don't know if Joe would want me to say a complaint, but of, of his approach to God. He said, God knows my every step. Nothing's been hid from God. He's telling those three friends, I hadn't transgressed. I haven't sinned. God knows my every step I took. And so, step 
We sung the song. I can't even make one. Boy, I thought I was a man. I thought I could do it. Building on these sinking sands. And those sinking sands can be riches or and anywhere in between. It's outside the pathway of God's righteousness. So, blessed is a man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. If you read your lesson, you ought to see the seat. The seat reason is so important. Back in them days, they didn't have many chairs. In fact, most of the time, as you refer to as in a sitting position, hallelujah, that means you were sitting in a judgment place. You were sitting as a ruler or a commander or a king. You was, you was having a position. So when you sit in the seat of the scornful, amen, folks, I'm going to tell you something. There, there's one thing I believe. There's one spirit that's got a hold of this nation and people's made millions of dollars off of it. And that's a criticizing spirit. Always criticizing, always tearing down. Amen. I, I won't be critical. Amen. You got to preach and you got to have that balance. Amen. To love people, care for people, but you got to preach truth too. You got to preach against sin. And sometimes you got to name it. Uh, you know, anyway. But, but so, so care, you know, to sit in those seats and to stand in the way. Amen. The, the scornful and the sinners to join up in their pathway. Paul later on instructs us not to be quick. Amen. To join hands in, with somebody. To be, make sure you're careful when you join in agreement with somebody. In a decision or a direction or a pathway or a choice that is being made. We have to be careful. Praying, is God, is this going to continue me in the pathway of righteousness? That's one of the greatest, that's one of the greatest ways we can judge of decisions we're going to make. Spouses that we're going to choose. Careers and direction. Is this going to bless me? Is this going to help me in the path of righteousness? If it's not, then I, I need to, I need to second guess this. I need to question, I need to pray about this. Okay. Some of you are looking at me like y'all confused. I hope not. I'm sure I know it's not that deep. But what? What does he find his delight? He finds it in the law, in the commandments, in the word of God. Delight means pleasure. He finds it an absolute pleasure and delight of the commandments and statutes and principles that's in the book. That he finds it a greater pleasure and a joy to walk in the pathway of righteousness than to walk in the pathway of sin. Carnality. The pleasures of the world. We find it a greater joy and a privilege to come to the house of God to go to, than to go to any other facility or entertainment that the world has to offer. David makes that clear. I was glad when he said unto me, let's go to the house of God. Because this is where I can go and receive counsel, instructions, and guidance to, to confirm where I'm at in God. To, to help me to, to press on and march on because the word of God is a lamp and it's a light to my path and amen, to my direction in life to, to win. And this is, this is what I'm longing for. This is, this is my heartbeat. This is when I wake up in the morning time, God, I want to end this day walking in the path of righteousness, walking in the way that's pleasing to you. Yes, we got other things that's going to be taken care of and all. But in the midst of all of that, I want your favor and blessings upon it, God. Delight, delight, delight. Amen. What is he? Meditates upon it day and night. A lot of people say that we have too much church and not really. Especially in the last couple of years, we sure hadn't. But anyway, God's going to help us out with some of that. But, uh, amen. But if you go back to Israel, they had church every day. That tabernacle directed them every day. They opened their flap doors open. They seen the church every day. That's like all of us living right around this church building right here. How would y'all like that? All of us neighbors one another and all of us living. <laughs> I can tell by all that. <laughs> Hallelujah. You better get the path of righteousness, brothers. <laughs> Praise God. God's good. Amen. He shall be what? He's likened to what? He's likened to a tree that's planted by what? Planted by the rivers or the channels of water. By them, not in it. 
Why is that so important? Because you've got to have Saul. And that takes and causes us to jump to the New Testament where there's four different types of Saul. You and I, heartbeat and desire is to be what? The good Saul. I want to be the good Saul. Amen. And I personally feel like that we all have been a, 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 one of those types of Saul's at one time or another. At times the Word of God had to take and pull things out, stony things, because of pitfalls of life, because we got hurt. Hurt by this one or hurt by that one. And sometimes it can be our closest friend. Sometimes it can be a loved one. Sometimes it can be an uh, all-out enemy. But the word of God that would reach in and dig it out and bust it up sometimes. So it can be passed. But we have to be careful. We got to hear the right counsel. Because some counselor says, you got it right. You ought to cover that up. You ought to, you ought to protect that. You, you got a right to act that way. You got a right to feel that way. You keep that in your heart. That, that's why I would too. I, I'm telling you, I tell you what, I tell you what I do. You know, it's amazing to me how many folks will tell you to beat your kids, but they don't beat theirs. <laughs> Boy, if that was my kid, that's right. We know what to do with yours. So don't tell me how to do mine. When you don't. When you don't, let me see. You, let me see you practice on yours. I could preach all day without saying that. Though. Praise God, but it's, it's it is the truth. It is the truth, and um, so plant it, plant it by the rivers of life. Bringeth forth what his fruit. Now notice this in his season. Look, just because you plant it, even in the truth, and in the right church. It doesn't mean that you always in every season or every, every moment is going to be producing the fruit. There is a season for the fruit. There's a time, a season. And who's it about anyway? The fruit that we produce comes by what? The nine fruit comes by what? The Holy Ghost. And so again, bring us right back. You've got to have the Holy Ghost. You've got to be led by the Holy Ghost to bear and cultivate and produce these fruits. And if you read them closely, they're not easily, easily produced. Huh. But sometimes the season, and you remember this, God's seasons is not like man's seasons. A lot of time, God's season is in the moment of times when we're in the desert. When we're in the wilderness and when everything else is suffering drought and everybody else is suffering desert times. But because where we plant it, amen, by the river, by the channels of water, we find a resource, amen, that comes out of my belly, shuffle rivers of living waters. Hallelujah. And the, 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 the geographical location don't have anything to do with it. Hallelujah. The drought time don't have anything. But in the season that God sees fit, I belong to Him. My body belongs to Him. My mind belongs to Him. My spirit belongs to him. My soul belongs to him. My present, my future, my past belongs to him. He covers it all. And so if I'll just walk in that pathway and listen to the counsels of his word, even at time of trying times and troubled times, I got the promise that he won't leave me nor forsake me. But in troubled times, his presence will be with me. And in this pathway of righteousness, hallelujah, he's going to be glorified. He's going to be magnified. And that's the reason, amen, I got to stay in this pathway of righteousness. And that's the reason I got to make sure I'm planted in the right place. And I got to be the soul that he desires me to be because it's going to be a season not when it's so easy it's going to be a season amen when everybody can do it but it's going to be a season where there's going to be this one God this little Hebrew that's going to be called on to give the interpretation to dreams that came through the dungeons that came through the jail times that came through the trials amen because he stayed in the pathway of righteousness and you had amen to walk with God in those trying times he was able to elevate him and put him in the place of the right season and the right time We serve, we serve, we serve an awesome God. Amen. He loves us. <laughs> we, got a, we got some scriptures. He said he wouldn't put more on us than what we can bear. I believe that. He's promised us that he would equip us for the call of the election that he's called us. Amen. And the key to some of this is really the earlier we start and surrender and submit and yield ourselves unto Him, the more effective we can be 
for the kingdom of God. That's the reason education is being pushed. I'm for it. But please, always remember this. Use this as a tool, not as a God. Money, if you're blessed, thank God. But use it as a tool. Don't let it be what you put your trust in. And get to the place where I can always just buy my way out. Oh, it happens. Happens a lot more. And we as apostolics are not exempt from this. And as we pursue these things, and we are more as a movement than what some of you may realize. We're coming from the backside of those tracks. But I'm going to tell you something. We better be careful. Or we'll wind up like some others. Shipwrecked. Because we'll forget the song that we just sung. If we're not careful and become elevated in what we've accomplished and achieved. I've always said this. The anointing of God can get us in trouble. The anointing of God can elevate us in the eyes of people. That they think that we're so smart and so clever. And we're somebody. <laughs> if you just knew. <laughs> if you just really knew. And as Abraham got it right. I'm just dust. I'm just dust. Paul said there's no good thing in my flesh. You know what? It's all about balance. It's all about balance. Keeping ourselves in that pathway. And the only way we're going to do that, amen, praise God, is, is to first of all be planted by the rivers where we plant it. Make sure things that we should not do. Certain times, certain individuals. Hey, when you get in trouble, don't go run into ungodly counsel. If you're on the verge of backsliding, don't start calling backsliders. <laughs> That's the wrong counsel. That's not the counsel you need. You call, you call that red hot, prayed up individual that's in the house of God. If you can't call your pastor, call somebody like that. I said that for a reason, because you'd be shocked. Pastor, a lot of times, the last one. It's done made its way through the body. That didn't go over real well. <laughs> That's just ungodly. Don't give to it. What's this? His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. It's going to prosper. Just give it time. Give it season. It'll prosper. What's the Go back one. What do you say about the leaves? You know, Jesus come upon a fig tree after coming out of the temple. Next morning, come into a fig tree and seen it from a distance. Morning figs, desired figs. When he got to the fig tree, looked among the leaves and all, there was no figs. And he cursed it. It dried up. It died even by the next morning. He cursed it at its root. What's this? One of the best ways to uh, overcome unfruitfulness is to curse the root that's causing it. That that's unseen. That that's not so noticeable. That little voice May not even be in a holy position. May not, may not be sitting on some big high chair somewhere. And, but it has that effect. Could that be the reason Paul constantly worked on his own conscience to keep his own conscience right with man and God? 
He testified about it. He confessed that my conscience is clean and clear with all men and with God. Because if the conscience is not with all men, there is a root. And what's what the Bible calls it? A root of bitterness. And through this root, all evil and wicked works can begin to manifest themselves. Now, go back to our... This, this verse also taught us about the leaves that was on the tree in the season. The leaves didn't wither. You and I that sold out took the path of righteousness committed to it. Here's one thing that you and I can hold on to. And that's holiness. Even on the outside. Don't let that wither. Are you hearing me this morning? Listen to me. We're listening, We're living in a world even in Pentecost. You watch the leaves, buddy. They begin to wither up. Holiness doesn't hold the standard it did at one time. There's something wrong. But this first psalm says, those leaves won't wither. You'll hold on to those standards and doctrines that you know that's biblically right. At whatever cost. You may not can feel God. You may feel like he's been, he hasn't touched you in weeks, months, possibly even years. But there's something inside of your doctrine that's inside you. But I know what's right and I know the pathway. And he knows where I'm at. And he knows where I'm standing. Is not this the, the, the argument of Job? He didn't change his methods. He didn't change his lifestyle. Counseling. The voice to counsel us. Oh, we won't change. We won't change. Always got to have change. Can I say something? Look, if, I, if we got to constantly change this and change that to keep people entertained and involved, there's something wrong beneath the surface. Spiritually speaking, and I'm not casting stones, I'm not slinging mud, I'm just telling you there's something spiritually wrong. That we got to keep this facade, and we got to keep this... The Holy Ghost will keep us. When everything else fails, the Holy Ghost. If you hold on to it, if you'll cling to it, it's like that pillar, buddy. If you'll just hang on to it, it'll see you through. Storm may be severe, the pain may be severe. You're not even sure when you're going to get out of it. But I'm going to hold on to this Holy Ghost. I'm going to hold on to this godliness, this holiness. I know this is right. I'm not changing my mind about that. I'm going to hold to that because this is what's going to get me out. This is what's going to get me, bring me the victory. This is what's going to bring the true contentment. And everything else is facade. Everything else is a, it's a game. You, you can stand. I know my time's up. but It talks about the ungodly shall not be so, but they are like what the shaft. They are like the... As the winds driveth away. The winds of adversity. Or the winding winds. And you, you know the story. How they would take a shovel. The farmer would bring in the wheat. The shaft and all of it would be together. They'd bring it in. and Beat it. Run over it with certain instruments. Had certain tools. And beat it and break it. The shaft was a lot lighter. And so. Than the grain. And so they would take that shovel. And throw it up into those wintering winds. Look, don't face every trial as though it's from the devil. We're probably going to be shocked, amen, how many times it was God. And all God was trying to do was get that, that shaft part out of us so the good grain come falling back to the ground. But he says the ungodly are going to be blown away. The right wind's going to come sooner or later. 
for the ungodly. And they're not going to survive. They're not going to make the journey. They're not going to hear him say, well done, that good and faithful servant. Winds of adversity. Jesus on purpose sent his disciples one time, put them in a boat and told them to go to the other side. He didn't tell them about the storm was coming, but he knew. But when the time's right, he'll come in and he'll step on the bow of our ship. Even after coming, Peter coming, and you know the story. This is a beautiful, beautiful lesson. It's a powerful lesson. You really start digging into it in this first chapter. And this, this, what it instructs us and helps us along life's journey. Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Oh, the pathway of righteousness. How about you? I believe that's the heartbeat of everyone in this house this morning. Why don't we just take a moment and thank God for His Word and His touch that's been in this house this morning. I promise you there's been a greater touch here than, than what we may realize. I know sometimes if we're not shouting and shaming from the sand layers and doing, we, we, we underestimate that, that, that sobering undercurrent power of God that's here. Amen. To minister down into the most inward parts of our soul and our spirit and our heart. Because that's, that's what's those uncomely parts. Hallelujah. But they're the most important parts. Amen. You, you, none of us took them out and examined them this morning and, and done anything for them. We didn't. Amen. But you know what? Without them, there's no life. And so that's, that's the place in this writer. That's what he's really talking about. It's what's it's planted in our hearts, what's planted in our lives, what, what, what counsel and doctrines and instructions that we're giving ourselves unto. I want to own the pathway of righteousness. How about you? God, we love you this morning. So thankful for every man, woman, boy, and girl in this assembly this morning. The hearts that have gathered to call on you to worship you. We're so thankful for the prayers that you've answered and the lives that you're touched here today. We're so thankful for the word. The word of God that can be anchored into our hearts and our souls, our minds. And help us. Help us along life's journey, God. It's real, God. And there's real storms. And there's a real devil in God. But we got to navigate through this. And so we need you, God, to guide us. The mountains are too high and the valleys are, are too wide. But uh, with your hands. And God, and your pathway of righteousness through every single one of them as you speak into our hearts and speak into our minds and our spirit and make us, God, overcomers. Make us bless, God. Your blessings would overtake us. Your blessings overtake this church and our community, God, because we would stand in the gap, because we would commit ourselves and dedicate ourselves and give ourselves under the power of your love and the power of your spirit and the power of truth and the power, the power of the pathway of righteousness your righteousness God it's not a righteousness that we've earned it's not a righteousness that we deserved but a righteousness that you placed upon us and we would walk therein we would guard it with all that lies within us we'd protect it God we'd be thankful unto you for it and we would give you the honor and the praise and the glory here today as our Lord as our Savior as our way maker all the glory and praise and honor be lifted to you in Jesus name we pray today Love you this morning. Appreciate you and your response and to this service today and the hand of the Lord and the touch of God. Uh, meditate. Meditate. Meditate upon the goodness of God. Meditate upon the law and the things of God. Sometimes it would do us good. Just stop, look around and say, you know what? I've been very blessed. And God, I want to take the time to just give you glory and praise and honor. Because it's your blessings. It's your eye that's upon me. It's your voice that I'm listening to. It's your word that I want to give myself and obey. God bless you. Appreciate you this morning.